Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your weekly astrological weather. I am so happy to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for joining. And I'm thrilled to be here with astronomer and astrologer Gemini Brett. Gemini Brett is a regular on this platform, and we just adore him. So, Brett, oh. welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure to be here once again. All right. I wanted to read a quick podcast review before we go into the weather. I know we have a lot to talk about, but this one's from Julie Carey. And Julie says, astrology for your life is the title of the review. This podcast is a must for anyone looking to have a sneak peek on what's going on in the skies, whether you're a beginner or one who knows astrology and just doesn't have the time to do all the work to find out what's going on on a weekly basis. Joining the inner circle definitely gives you an even more in-depth training into this subject that can be accessed at any time when you have quiet time to study at your leisure. Once you start listening on a regular basis, you will see how this podcast gives you insight into who is going to be emotional at work or in your home and who may be grumpy and be able to not take it personal anymore. So Julie, thank you so much for your review and thank you for taking the time to do that. We really appreciate any of you who spend that time to do it. It helps us get the podcast out to more people. And plus, it just gives us that feedback loop, which can be really great. Sometimes when you're creating content, it's like, I hope they like it. Are they out there? Are they enjoying this? So having your reviews here is really, really helpful. Thank you so much. Okay, Brett, let's start with the overarching energy for the week. What would you say is our theme and intensity? I'm going to start with the intensity because the theme will probably be a journey. Um, I think the intensity is six out of 10, Um, but I wrote eight out of 10 for fixed sign folks. So Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius, especially as your rising sign, like some of the main events are in the fixed signs really this year, but definitely this week as well. So I, you know, six out of 10 though, because we're coming out of like some really strong astrology and it's tempting to say 10 out of 10 every week because it's always <laughs> real. Like that's part of these things, right? But I'm going six. Okay. All right. I like it. So six out of 10 for some of us, eight out of 10 for the fixed signs, especially if it's your rising. And let's go to the theme. What would you say is the overarching kind of like statement that we can keep in mind as we're navigating the week? Right. So what I found my way to after some editing and dreaming, which are also really important um, energies this week. Uh, was romancing the stone. Mm. So, I mean, the sun is moving from Leo into Virgo tonight, Pacific time. Um, And so I was going to suggest polishing the stone, which is one of my favorite kind of alchemical images for the Virgo time, um, or also for folks for like sixth house world in your chart. Um, But the sun's still in Leo right now, like last day at home. And it feels like, especially since I'm in Sedona, Arizona, um, and it's super fiery and hot, that we want to be in that really playful space too. So this was something that came in today, which is that um, when I was contemplating Leo, Virgo, that play is the way 
that Leo prays. Mm, I love that. Yes. And when we're looking at this cusp, when we're looking at any cusp, you know, like opposite signs are not opposite energetically. It's the neighboring signs that are most opposite to one another. Like from an energetic archetypal character, a kind of role that the actors play, you know, image. We can do that astrologically, by the way. Leo is like diurnal fixed fire and Virgo is nocturnal mutable earth, right? So like, what does Virgo do for Leo? <laughs> why, why might Leo feel it like, um, oh, I don't know, like a bit of a hang up or something, but how is it actually helping Leo get where its eyes are? You know, so like that editing quality of Virgo, which we'll play with as we move through some of the energies of the week, um, or I think a much better word is practice, where I really love the word play for Leo. And, you know, for me, like a lot of my journey has been in developing as a musician and kind of living that life as my past life in this lifetime. And so I feel like part of the Leo calling is the reminder that you are a divine one and you can do anything you want to do. Um, and then Virgo says, okay, what it'll be <laughs> and, and get good, right? Like Leo kind of has its eyes on Libra, like the, the saxophone needs ears, the paintbrush or canvas needs eyes, you know? Um, and there's this Virgo thing in between that says, all right, like play your scales or learn how to mix your colors, right? <laughs> you know, like learn the technique, practice. We want to be careful with practice makes perfect is what is perfect, but oh yeah, let's go practice makes perfect, right? So like the purring cat. And that place of like true joy will become so much more uh, beautiful and profound when we, you know, bring it through that polishing the stone phase. That will be a leading light in your life to align yourself to what actually matters, what you're here to do, right? But it doesn't come without work and especially like practice or sacred work, I think are very beautiful Virgo word. So when I look at this cuspy, I'm looking at play and I'm looking at prayer. So play is the way that Leo prays. Mm, awesome. So we're talking about Leo and Virgo because tonight the sun moves from Leo into Virgo. And what you're saying is that Virgo has gifts for Leo in that it can, Leo loves the play. So that's the follow your heart, follow your expression kind of thing. But then Virgo saying, okay, we'll get really good at it. Like get, especially get really good at it so you can do it all the time, right? Like if you think about a musician or even I, I had an experience last night with um, my, one of my young hula dancers who was feeling she didn't get selected for an upcoming performance. And she said, but I love to perform and I just want to perform. And it's like, well, you're going to need to practice even more. You're going to need to apply yourself even more so you can have that opportunity to do this as much as you want to do. I feel like it was a total Leo Virgo conversation. Absolutely. And well, I mean, Hula itself is such a really beautiful place to touch that cusp, right? Because it's so beautiful and artistic and I mean, energetic, but it's conveying the sacred message. Mm -hmm. And I, like in the Hula thing, right? This is kind of a Leo question of like, Hey, like I want to be seen. I want to dance. Like, Right. And, and Virgo says, well, remember that this is sacred. Right. And it's like a kind of interesting complex there. If you turn the wheel again, put Virgo on the first and you'll find Leo is the 12th sign where we, we actually call the 12th hidden things. Right. So and that speaks a little bit more towards like the humility of the Virgo path in the Virgo way. And like the, and that is like sacred, like, oh, I don't want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this is between me 
in my tree, right? Like this is me knowing that if I do not tend to my practice, my prayer, my chop wood, carry water, whatever it is, like tend to my temple that like the world doesn't keep spinning. Right. And that's not about that. You know, that's not something to like show so much. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, just a couple images of the, the challenge of kind of, um, I don't know, um, whispering to both signs on the side of one of these walls. It's, you just gave me some very key mothering tips and tools right there in terms of things that I can say. She's a Virgo too. So I feel like I can, I can speak to that Virgo essence in this. Okay, Brett. So let's, let's back up and uh, go through the dates of, of this week. Sure. So moon day, silver times, and uh, the moon is in cancer. The moon's at home. But there's a square with Aries Jupiter. And that square, like it's a, you know, it's, it's a classic, <laughs> the Aries Cancer square. It's like the individuated self versus what mommy wanted me to be or the family. Or, I mean, it can't even be like the rules of culture, the mannerisms, you know. Um, so I'm out doing my own thing and I'm remembering that I'm like able to do that because there's safety and security and there's a home and there's like there's people that have my back and that kind of thing. Right. But then there's also tension between like what are the expect- expectations therein. Right. So this isn't your typical cancer moon and that's how it's going to be for a bit. So I don't want to get too astronomical here, though, you know, I love to. Um, The moon is currently what's called out of bounds. Okay, so the bounds of the sun are the tropics, like the tropical zodiac and the tropics are named for the same thing. Tropicos is Greek for turnaround. And it's hard to speak about these things without sharing maybe too much. But I'll just say that right now, the moon is north of the Tropic of Cancer. Like the moon is in a place the sun could, couldn't even dream of going. And um, I love like the astrological delineations for this. It's just kind of like, it's a little out there. It's different. So this isn't your normal Cancer moon, right? And um, there's something that, that in Cancer where Jupiter is actually said to be an honored guest. Jupiter is said to be exalted in Cancer, specifically at 15 degrees Cancer. Um, and so there's like this kind of exchange in these energies, like maybe Jupiter a little bit more available to the moon's guidance and like maybe the moon a little bit more interested in, in what Jupiter, especially in Aries and retrograde might have to say, which is like, it's okay to go your own way. And, you know, I think actually, you know, what does a family truly want? <laughs> so there's, so this is like back to Leo and you can be anything you want to be. Sometimes we're actually hearing you can be anything you want to be as long as you want to be what mommy wants you to be because mommy knows what's best for you, right? Which is, I mean, that's part of the role of the parent, right? And so at some point we need to kind of break away and individuate from that. But then there's, these are cycles and circles, not lines. We come back, right? And there's like a, a, a very deep space for gratitude, for like the nutrients of the soil in which I was planted. Or even if it was completely barren and childhood was like totally traumatic and we didn't have any of that nurturing energy, like that's still our foundations. It's still like the beginning where we were seated. And so there's a really strong conversation here. And I think the moon out of bounds, which is now like a twice a month event for some time, um, will really encourage us to remember that if you don't feel like you belong, like if you feel like the stranger, if you feel like you're different than family, or you can even go a little wider with that than you know community or whatever, like it's okay. Like that's actually part of the design. If we were all just meant to be the same, we wouldn't have individuated and become souls anyway. You know, so I actually didn't even highlight this 
moon jupiter square but it's a it's a right place to start because it's the where the week starts and it's it's a strict it's a strong square okay but so you're saying the moon is out of bounds and that if you don't feel like you belong it's okay it's part of the design anything else that we're supposed to work with is it with this kind of different or unusual energy so that's kind of the beginning of, of where we're launching out and i i think again like if you feel strange, just go with the truth that you're meant to, and it's good, right? So we don't have to like cause more strife. Anyway, I love at the same time, Mercury, who's been at home in Virgo for a bit, will trine Capricorn Pluto, right? So Pluto moves so slowly. He's been in Capricorn for a long time. That's about to change, but that's a tale for a later date. Mercury, who's kind of been swimming through Virgo kind of quickly, um, sees Pluto in this really good way. And this Virgo energy um, and with Pluto in Capricorn, you know, one thing that's alive here and Pluto's going to move into Libra as, or sorry, Mercury's going to move into Libra later this week. So I'll get back to that. There's like this quest for balance and this quest for harmony, right? And we want equality and equilibrium. Um, but we have to understand that if we put ourselves in the wrong place, like that's not likely. Or like if you want to be um, kind of calm and in a harmonic state, then why did you go to some political rant on Twitter, right? And this thing, like with Pluto moving through Capricorn, which has just been a really slow churn of like structures and the foundations, including things like government, right? Uh, Mercury bringing some images from Virgo. I think it's a blessing this trine. But it also says in a way, like, it's okay to discriminate. Right? Now, look, that, like, that word's not even okay anymore. Like, people want you to say discernment. Um, but discernment and discrimination are very different things. Like, discrimination is the much more Virgo process and practice. It's like when you start classifying things. So the image that came through today when I was like, should I talk about that or not? Um, was like, I should. And let's like, talk, like, if you want to have a community garden, you ought to speak to the folks that you are going to um, tend soil with about their, their ideas around chemicals, right? So like I love in Hawaii, <laughs> where you live, Amanda, you drive and there'll be the houses that say no spray. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, so these are the kinds of things that you need to know when you're coming into community and setting foundations for like a new culture. This, this is like what we're up to in like longer terms right now of like who are the people that are in agreement with the kind of structures and foundations that you're about like if you're choosing a school for your kids or dance right like hawaii it's like hula like or ballet <laughs> like and they're beautiful and they're but they're different worlds right and so like having some idea of long-term slow moving like pluto things the deep structures that you want for the shifting of community right and kind of calling in your crew it's kind of really important to know that um there's a difference between classification and judgment i think on some levels technically there's not necessarily right but like it doesn't mean that you are mean if you want to like decide a few things about people around you based upon like you know the depths of their philosophies or religion or whatever that may be and i so i love this image right in that same kind of energetic of a moon um and cancer moon aries jupiter square we have this virgo mercury bringing really bringing us like the ability and the gifts um to see that's helping us like 
like in, in a benefically helping us choose what kind of family we want and what kind of family we want to create, you know, both like nuclear style and also in a wider reach in the Ohana and the community. So how can we do that without losing play? Right. So I think a really cool question, just looking at all that together, like, oh, what are the right community structures that I can build by choosing like who I want to be around and, you know, without being mean, like choosing who I don't want to be around. So I can set up these structures that long term will let me play and live a joyful life. I love that, Brett. I I think the judgment thing comes in with the like the emotional charge. But what you're talking about is discrimination in terms of here's what I believe, here's what I value, here's what's important to me. And I want to align myself with people like that. And I love that you just brought that in, that you're setting up this foundation. It's a place where you feel safe, where you feel seen, where you feel understood. And the idea is that this is where you can play and flourish and express. So, and it sounds like that's the invitation here. Absolutely. And it's meant to be a bit of an emotional struggle. Like that's in that moon, Aries, Jupiter square. It's kind of like, am I being selfish here? Like, is it mean of me to see that these aren't my people? Like, does it hurt for me to feel ostracized or outcast? Um, You know, how often am I sitting with people who just feel like and have always felt like they're different? Well, yeah, you like astrology. (laughs) Like, you know, obviously you're different than the norm. And how do we maintain love and relationship, especially in family structures, when we can see that, like, maybe the soul family has a different resonance? But I'm hosting a retreat for my Earth Astrology School in Sedona right now. And I sent kind of this proposed protocol for when people came into town. <laughs> and it was like, hey, stop at this site or at this site, like introduce yourself to the spirits, um, write your intention in the sand, erase it, right? Like whisper, ask for help, these kinds of things. And at the end, it's like, that's proposed. Most importantly, improvise, play do it your way. And that's where I first kind of received that clear image of like play is the way that Leo prays. And there's something about the lion's heart moving into tropical Virgo, Regulus moving into tropical Virgo, where these things are now combined. And it's part of this new age. It's part of these 2160 years moving forward. And so again, like I love the image of like the hulas returning, like the idea that like our sacred play, our movement like is a sacred thing or like what feels wonderful. It's a silly example when I was like ironing this shirt before coming on camera with you earlier, right? And um, the shirt has some importance to me and with Astrology Hub, by the way, because it's a shirt I was wearing in Hawaii when I met Anna, my beloved, uh, for an Astrology Hub full moon ceremony that we did with John, who's just taking us out tonight actually to play and pray at a so-called shaman's cave here in Sedona, okay? Um, And so I was like, oh, I got to wear that shirt. And it was a wrinkled mess because it's been in a suitcase. And so I was ironing it and I got really into ironing it. And it wasn't to like make it like, I don't know, it was fun, you know? I was like, okay, so like, what is it to, for example, like pick out a shirt, how much of an ego construct is that anyway, right? That whole trip. But then to be in like, well, you know, this is, these are like the, the embedded important memories of this shirt for me. Like it, it has its story. Do you know what I'm saying? So I was, I was ironing it out. I was like bringing that story back out. 
And it felt like another place where this cusp like lives. Love that. And that's also bringing something sacred into something seemingly mundane, like ironing your shirt, which also feels like a Virgo thing to do is infuse the sacred into an everyday act. Yeah. It's whistle while you work. Right. But it's like the work itself can actually inspire the whistle. And even in the truth that like, you know, that like ironing motion was too short to (laughs) say this, but you know, like the waves of the earth that move when you're in those like qigongs or, um, you know, chop wood carry water and the kind of repetition thing, like you are actually now becoming in resonance with organs like lungs, which apparently breathe themselves unless we bring our consciousness there or the heart, which beats itself unless we bring our consciousness there. Like when we actually offer ourselves to kind of repetitive motions, like just kind of sweeping the floor and allow it to sweep us away, we return to this very important, like very organic heartbeat of earth, which itself is a very playful thing. Okay, I love it. So we're still on Monday though, right? We haven't gone to Tuesday. We, we are, are wound. So on Tuesday, the thing that I have written is this mystic rectangle. And these are really wonderful aspect groups. It's sextiles and trines and oppositions all combined. And so this particular one is this Cancer Moon, which is still out of bounds with Virgo Mercury, right? So these beings like in their home places, Capricorn, Pluto, and Pisces, Neptune. Now, Neptune and Pluto have been cruising together in this sextile or 60 degree separation for a long time. It's like, you know, when I read charts for people through many generations, I see it in their chart. It's this amazing thing. And there's all sorts of beautiful astronomy behind that, by the way, but we'll save that for another time. So now the moon and Cancer and Mercury and Virgo, which is a sextile themselves, like, they, they align in this beautiful rectangle with these other two. And it's one of the reasons I was trying to find, but I wasn't able to dream into it, how like this romancing the stone theme, like keeping that dream alive. What is that image of your play and how can you get on the stage and show your like li- living childlike heart to the world uh, for sacred purpose? It, it, it's happening in the dream world. There's a lot of this kind of mystic energy. And I love on Tuesday, this mystic rectangle between the very visible moon and, and Mercury, who is visible now, and the always invisible Neptune and Pluto. And there's something about crossing the visible and the invisible. And by the way, one of the reasons why this would be called a mystic rectangle is because these rectangles are the four in conjunct or invisible signs according to traditional aspect theory for an access. Okay, so when we're looking at Cancer, Virgo, and Capricorn, Pisces, the axis is the Leo Aquarius axis. So th- like these are like blind to the Leo Aquarius axis or they maybe live what they live in kind of the psychic dream auric field for that axis. And it really speaks to Yes, shine your light, do your thing. This is the revolution. Yes, find your community that, like you, has a dream. I used to say dreams, but it's like a dream for like a new world that works. But understand that that is happening because you've chosen to listen to the pulse of the foundations. You've chosen to honor the sacred way and the practice. You've chosen to know whether it's through the pain of not having it or the blessing of having had it, like the importance of that nurturing, the safety and the shelter of the nurturing vibe. And you have a dream and you're keeping the faith for a better way. Like that's what's allowing 
in places where you don't need to let that be the reason. Actually, it's maybe more helpful not, but we will change this world if we choose to follow our joy. And these things are happening like imperatively in these kind of hidden places to make that so. Wednesday is a big day. <laughs> like There's a lot of things going down. So I'm going to read them off and then we'll focus on a couple. I have the moon moving into Leo. And I'm going to say specific times for Wednesday, August 24th. That is um, 6, 10 a.m. Uranus stations retrograde at 6.53 a.m. Okay, and that happens at the 19th degree of Taurus. And Uranus will go all the way back to the 15th degree of Taurus and station direct there on January 22nd, 23. Right, so Uranus, the outer planets, they're retrograde for a long time. Um, but especially when they shift, when they've been moving forward and now backwards, it's kind of like, oh, did I forget something? Or, you know, there's kind of this Virgo like editing process there, which is like, oh, I gotta go back and make sure we did that right. So Uranus has been involved, as we know, in this square with Saturn for a long time. That's gonna be kind of, the principal stage here as we get into some more of the stronger tensions of the week um, and Venus and, and, and how the moon are involved here and what's called a T-square in the fixed signs with Venus and Leo, the moon now coming into Leo to join her um, with Uranus and Taurus and with Saturn and Aquarius, right? There's a square on top of a square and those tend to be really strong energy. So it's kind of heating up and it's interesting at this time that Uranus who moves slowly anyway, has now literally stopped, I don't know, some unfinished business, maybe. Um, this retrograde, however, ensures that there won't be another exact Saturn Uranus square. Um, and so in a sense, there's also a statement of, okay, we're still in it, and yet, like, we're through it. And I mean, you know how it is, like, I hate to use this as a metaphor, but it's okay. Like, let's say there's like a, a kind of constant theme of, a, of, of that fight that you have with your partner again and again and again. And it never resolves. It's just like you're of differences of opinions, right? And you in, decide to actually go back and think about it, review it, maybe even speak about it in a time when you're not in it, right? So we're always advised this by the relationship people, if you can do it, I celebrate you. Like have your fights, your, your, have the themes that you tend to fight about and go back into them at times when you're blissed out and really happy with one another. Mm. Like that's the space you want to speak about. And there's something about this Uranus review and the way things are changing that feels like there's this memory of and the current experience of some significant hardships in this world and this changing world and this need for the world to change and our resistances to do that because of our connections, you know, to the old ways and our just this like weird, like, you know, white knuckled grip we have on this land that the storm is trying to take us away from so it can bring us to the place we're meant to be. Right. And there's now this like, oh, we've been kind of battling this vision or this version of there's a vision for a new world. And yet I'm kind of hesitant. Or there's this need to return to the old ways to renew the world. And yet I'm hesitant because I know, for example, like I should be on my phone less, um, but that's where my ability to check a chart in this moment lives. <laughs> you know, or I should be on the computer less, but it allows me to connect like across the seas through the space beams with Amanda Pua Walsh at Astrology Hub. And that means an entire community like in the now and in people who are currently living in what I perceive as the future. And what an amazing thing, right? And some of those like tensions. And I think kind of in the, in the environmental realm, interesting, there's some political things happening in that regard now too. Um, where there's just like this tension and there's this reminder of like, 
oh, actually, maybe that doesn't have to be a fight. Like maybe that doesn't have to be um, something that could never resolve, right? Mm -hmm. So oh. you're, you're talking about the Saturn Uranus square energy that we've been experiencing since 2021. And you're saying that this Uranus stationing and going retrograde is perhaps enabling us to view these energies, not so much as like a, an irresolvable, irresolvable, oh my God, irresolvable force that that these tensions could actually there could be a little bit of a loosening in, in like either or like there can be a little bit more both and yes and you know it's interesting so saturn station retrograde a little bit ago and it kind of looks like oh whoa like that square is going to happen again it's going to perfect again to use a good virgo astrological word um and yet it doesn't and and maybe saturn's like hey we should look back to that and now uranus is like oh yeah we should look back to that and so they're both kind of looking back. What has this thing about? There's, I mean, it's always interesting astrology. It's like, oh, here comes this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, and it's going to, and it'll, and, and then it happens, and we're like, wait, what was it? <laughs> or like, what is it? Or what, like, are we doing what it was meant to do? So, I mean, sometimes you get that really sudden, clear image, and sometimes it's like, wait, did I miss it? No, like, but you need to give it time to unfold. And yeah, there's some time to unfold. So one of the reasons why I'm here now, and, and yes, you're exactly right, Amanda, like looking back to this thing that's been happening, because Uranus is stationing retrograde, but also because Moon and Venus are like coming into the conversation to bring, you know, sometimes it's really helpful, like if your intention, right, to bring in a third party, you go do some mediation, right? But sometimes it gets three times worse, right? Like sometimes that other person like either takes one or the other's side or like neither of you can see it eye to eye, which actually sometimes makes it better because you leave like that counseling session. You're like, oh my God, that wacko or something. And you, and you remember that you share something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so who's that wacko? And the truth is Leo. Um, so in, in regards to Taurus and Aquarius, right, they form this what's called T-square structure. Um, and that's why I said earlier, it's like a six out of 10 energy, but for fixed signs, like that's an eight, because you'll really feel it in the places, like the real world places of, you know, who am I? Where am I coming from? Who's my home? Um, what are my relationships? Like, what's my work in this world and the way that those all things have like square and tense structures built into them. Like I might hate my job, right? Which is the conversation of the first house, me in the 10th house job in square. But that kind of tension is here to promote the genius resolution, which is developing a skill that means you can be exactly you if you're willing to show yourself to the world. And that's where the abundance is gonna come from, not from hiding it, you see. So there's like some really important like global structure shifts that have been very personal. And um, it's interesting for me, it's like invisible planet Uranus with visible planet Saturn, right? And they're, tr they're having this kind of conversation between that which cannot be seen and that which certainly can and sometimes w you wish you couldn't, right? And that's the tension. That's where we have to make some space and just remember. And so what I would say is we're coming into Virgo month um, or Virgo sunth and Virgo moonth, like literally put on your daily calendar a time to play. So whatever that means for you, it might be going to smell a rose. You know, I don't, like, I don't know, whatever it is for you. Like if you're so hung up with, you have all these things to do that you don't have time for play. 
Well, make it part of your work then. You know what's really good at forcing that? Dogs, cats, <laughs> your pets. <laughs> you almost, just spit water. You almost just spit your water out. But yeah. that's what I'm realizing. These, these, uh, you know, everybody's hearing my my puppy saga. All the puppies found homes. We had a litter of ten, and we kept one. And I'm just realizing how much they force they force you outside they force you to play with the ball they force you to roll around on the ground they force you into play so I guess this is the universe's way of telling me hey Amanda you need to play more because I'm playing a lot more now but I think there's certain things children also really help with this but there's probably things in your life that you could if if you took play as an imperative like you actually need to and not something you have to do because someone else needs it. If you like actually allow yourself to enjoy it and see that it's part of something that actually is quote unquote productive or good for you or good for your health, or then I, I feel like there's opportunities everywhere. You know, if, if we actually open up to them. I love that example. Like I have some inherent resistance to the so-called natural zodiac, which says Aries is the first and therefore Virgo is the sixth in that. Um, yeah. Because there's 12 designs, like you were born with Aquarius rising, I was born with Gemini rising, and in the Gemini map, Scorpio is the sixth, not Virgo, Virgo is the fourth, etc. And there's, there's, there's stories in like each of those images, but to, to look at Leo as five, and Virgo as sixth, um, and when we look at the sun traveling through the year, if we start with Aries, that's how it is. Um, that, you know, traditionally small animals, and the kind of rule is horse, smaller than a horse, mm. is sixth house. But then many moderns are like, dude, your pets, like they're your children, they're your fifth house, right? Mm -hmm. So it's fun that that's right in this conversation. And yeah, Isabel, our dog, she's so hilarious. You know, I'll be working away and she just comes up with her like little rope ring and she like goes right up in your face and she's, and she starts growling. She's like, and I love that, Amanda, because it's this reminder. Right. From those who have not been like if like, you know, not been taught, you know, they don't need like unless like whatever. I'm I'm like, there's a bunch of like nasty things about to say. I don't want to say. Right. But unlike like kids where you're like, no, you say, please. No, you say, thank you. No, daddy's working now. Whatever. Like you kind of can't do it to a dog. You can, but to do it, you have to be mean. You got to go put them somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like they have not yet been conditioned by these silly words to be told that it's not playtime. And they're actually coming to us, right, um, to remind us to release our conditioning and and just let us know. That's a really great example. And I'm so glad you kept a puppy because it's good to have teachers around. Um, All right. Okay, so I have Venus and the sun biceptile. Oh, sorry, the Virgo sun is bi-septile Taurus, so Taurus Uranus at 4.17 p.m. on Wednesday, August 24th. The biceptiles are weird. They're out of the box. And yeah, there's something here of like, again, it's like you feel like it can't be resolved. Maybe it's not supposed to be. Maybe that is the resolution. Have you thought about that? <laughs> right? And at the same time, the Virgo sun will be by quintile, both Aries, Jupiter, and Capricorn, Pluto. Some call this a quintile arrow. Um, it speaks to the Venus cycle for reasons we definitely don't have time to get into, but it's a very creative, artistic, um, playful, um, energetic. So I, I really love that that's happening in the midst of all this thing. It's like, again, how can we bring Aries and that kind of that, that, that self, and this is me in Capricorn, like this is my my culture, my country, whatever it is, 
I mean, it can't be my employer, my boss, like the construct. How do we like bring those together to understand like that's actually a playful way? And this is part of like the Virgo Sun's mission this month for me. It's again, like sacred and play are not separate things, right? So what I would actually encourage for folks, I always ask clients, like, are you an artist? Right? I asked you this last time we, we connected and you were like, uh, yes. <laughs> right? like, well, I, I said, I never think of myself that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard, uh, yes. Um, And, you know, there's folks who are like just instantly, yeah, I've been painting forever, but they're more and more, it's like, ah, I used to say no, but I understand now that, right? Like you are here to create. Welcome to earth, right? Like, so do it. And again, like if that feels hard at first, especially if you're like self-judge lockdown, right? So, oh, I can't paint because these people paint like that. Cool. Well, do the Burning Man thing, like create an offering, an artistic offering for spirit and then burn it and like send it up there through the smoke. Nobody's going to see it. Don't even take a picture. You don't have to worry about what it looks like, right? Like the offering is the act. Okay. So the Leo moon trines Aries Jupiter at 9, 10 PM. And I love that energy. Again, it's this kind of Aries Leo thing, like in this Virgo light context. Um, And one of the things I most love about this is the next aspect that the moon will make after this trine with Aries Venus. The Leo moon will travel for like 20 hours before she conjoins Jupiter or Venus. So she will make contact with some invisible folks and do quincunxes and inconjuncts. But according to the traditional system, the moon will carry the light of one conversation to her next conversation. And we look at so-called Ptolemaic aspects, conjunctions, sextiles, squares, trines, and the opposition to visible planets. That's like the old way. And in this way, the moon is enclosed between the ray of Jupiter and Venus herself, enclosed by the benefics, it said. And she's really carrying this conversation. Jupiter in Aries in retrograde, he's like, remember that selfness is a spiritual act. Selfness is not selfish. You literally incarnated here for a reason. Like, I can dig that whole destroy the ego trip, but I can't actually. <laughs> you know, he's like, there's something very spiritual about your person, your individual. And he is like receiving this Leo moon and they will have this wonderful dance of like the inspirited creator. And the moon is going to bring that for 20 hours and give it to Venus. Right. So the right metaphor here is, you know, if you uh, if you're driving to some meeting and some road rager like almost kills you. (laughs) right? Like when you get there, unless you've really done your practices, you're going to be fired up in a really stressed out and like not good way. That might, by the way, look like a square with Mars, for example, right? And you're going to bring that to your next conversation. And hopefully your next conversation with somebody like brings you back and like offers some sweetness and cools you out and doesn't like ramp it up more, right? Like this is more like Oh, it's like Hawaii. I'm driving and I saw the most miraculous rainbow. It's like a drub, double, triple, vertical, round, you know, like miracle rainbow. And then by the time I get to that thing, I am reminded by how miraculous and beautiful and artistic the human experience is. And when I show up like to whatever I'm going to with that as like the energy I'm carrying, good things are bound to happen, right? So like now the next thing might bring 
bringing you down. But in this case, it's Leo Venus, right? And so you're coming, you're like, do you know that we can do anything we want? And she's like, yes, let's do it, <laughs> right? And like, let's do it together. So I'm really loving this moon Venus conjunction, um, which I mapped. It's we're, That's going to bring us, I think, into the next day. Yeah, uh, on Thursday. It's going to be so powerful. It is like the magic moment of this month or this week. I mean, she's in this square and the moon and Venus together in Leo. Yes, will be generally opposite Saturn and Aquarius. I'll look at the dates that those perfect and generally square Taurus, Uranus. And so there's this kind of strong thing. But look, talents are wonderful. Skills are the jam. And the difference is the talents are that which you came in with and it's easy. Skills are the things that you forged in the fire and they are so much more real. You did them because you needed to, to survive. And so when you speak those abilities into the world, the world is not only hearing this amazing ability of the talented, you know, genius child, which are, that's great, right? That's like in the trine realm or whatever. But this is the one where it's like, oh my gosh, that person has been through so much. And I don't know why, but it's like moving me to tears because it reminds me of this thing that happened to me for me, you know? And this is really like the to me for me energy. Like I've been through this, I earned this card and this is how I'm going to play it. And it's going to change the world because I choose to live my life as art. Mm, Wow. So many amazing images as you were just describing that. And really that, what is it about a performance or about a person that can actually move you to tears and i love that it's like the skills are what's forged in the fire the 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 person who's been through the initiations who's lived through the pain and then has actually chosen to turn that into art and, and chosen to turn that into something for others to actually get enjoyment out of which is is really beautiful so wednesday is a day um but thursday is kind of where it all happens um what? <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I was already like, okay, Monday and Wednesday are huge days. And now you're saying Thursday's even bigger? Yeah, Thursday's where it happens this week. So so Venus squares the lunar nodes at 12.04 a.m. Pacific. Okay, so for some of you, I guess in Hawaii, that will still be Wednesday. Um, Planet squaring the lunar nodes is a very interesting thing. Um, You had Ari Moshe Wolf on, like, teaching a whole class around that recently. Mm and it's not, you know, where I come from, but in the evolutionary astrology paradigm, specifically Jeffrey Wolf Green's approach, there's something there of like skip steps on the evolutionary path of the soul. So I just want to use that as a model for, did you skip Leo Venus, right? So look back and say, oh, wait a second, did I forget to just show my love light as a way of life? Right. And so that's like where your daughter is like, I just wanted to like be on stage like that. that that's the pain right here. Right. And, you know, I, one piece of advice, first of all, in the Virgo context, I would say, um, why, why do you dance? Like, why are you doing this? Right. Because there's a lot of Virgo, which is just why. Right. So because that's going to help you choose to practice. That's the deepening question. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So if she can't dance in this performance, that doesn't mean she can't dance. Right. Why don't you go dance for the ocean? Yes. Why don't you dance for Regulus? Which means you would dance with the sun, by the way, because regular, right? Why don't you wake up before the sun and see Sirius is now a morning scar? And and why don't you go dance for Jupiter? Or let's put on our show right here. Or let's go flash mob, (laughs) you know, whatever, 
right? So I think that's a really important truth. Like we train hard to do these things. And when those things don't happen and we, we feel ashamed because we're not ready yet or whatever it may be, or, you know, somebody chose somebody else before us or whatever, that just probably means that like there's a different venue for us at this time that's like more aligned. Um, Mercury at the Mars, Pluto midpoint. Um, I'll just mention that. I want to like, for the sake of time, kind of move forward. So a big deal, 6.03 p.m. Thursday, August 25th is Mercury ingressing Libra. So Mercury moves into Libra. It will he'll retrograde soon, not this week, um, and go back into Virgo. Um, but this is a, it's like a big deal for so many reasons in the Mercury cycle. What I want to share here is with Mercury moving into Libra. And look, Libra is like the stage that Leo needs, right? Again, like dance. Dance is a sacred thing between me and spirit. But even then, like spirit is your audience, right? But like, I want to be a musician. I wanted to help people move, you know, that's like between Leo and Libra sign wise <laughs> and Virgos in between to say like, you want to be a horn player? Great. Play your scales, get good. So when you get to the stage, they don't run, run away, but run to you, you know? Um, and so this Mercury moving into Libra, it's really kind of actualizing that it's like, there are people that I'm going to share my art with. There are people who are going to share my art by receiving it, being in it, you know? And when my eyes are open to another's arts, I'm inspired to give mine that kind of thing, right? So, all right. Um, so the Leo moon squares Uranus at 7.44 p.m. on Thursday. The Leo moon opposes Saturn at 11.55 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, right? So this is like moon conjoined Venus, moon square Uranus, moon opposite saturn like we're really starting to heat up into the strength of this fixed t square i think i've said enough about it already this is like where it starts getting action oriented and uh, we're going to see some of this even more in the following days as i will share we do when venus now perfects the square with uranus and the opposition with saturn so moon in the sense is like announcing that this thing's about to happen right so you're like driving to that mediator's place. <laughs> Fortunately, you know what happens is like, there's this argument between, I'm going to call it this, it's so many more things, but change, the need to change and the resistance to it. And you go to this like therapist, those, those two beings, and they're like, okay, paint for me or dance for me what's been happening. Right? Like no words. And so there's going to be a resistance to that as well. But if we can release that resistance and we dance and show that thing, like we're going to like laugh and have fun on the way. And that just offers this amazing healing. That's the best image I could share for this. I bet you that literally will happen for people um, in, in some weird way at this time. Great. Friday is Venus's day. The Arnais. And Friday, August 26th, there's a lot of Venus going down, okay? So one thing I love is Venus starts with a biquintile with Pisces Neptune. So this is 144 degrees. It's two-fifths of a circle, right? So it's often seen as a very Venusian thing. So many of you have been studying the Venus star. We are in a time of very significant shift within Venusian energies. I'll plant that seed. I'll speak to it one little bit more but really it's a kind of conversation for October 23rd. Okay, so um, this biquintile of Leo, Venus, and Pisces, Neptune is so amazing. On one level, again, like we need to release this idea that it's egoic to show our light and show our art. We also need to understand that there is a place where that stuff's coming from, right? <laughs> like you are here to create and you are being fed 
by spirit. And you know, for some you'll call that ancestors, for others you'll call it guides or whatever. Maybe all of those things are for you your thing, but like this is this ability for the artistic energy to tune into the spirit of the dream. On the other hand, this biquintile with Pisces, Neptune might give you an opportunity to kind of artistically play through some of the collective world pains that you are empathically feeling and maybe drowning in at this time. And it's like an ability to maybe even go to the depths of those oceans and see new life in that, like those C4 vents and like where fire is coming out of the earth and is in the water, like fire and water don't often mix, right? The other image of Hawaii style is like fire water, like, you know, the molten lava that when it finds its way to the water, like literally makes land, creates, and there's this beautiful release of steam and it's powerful and it'll kill you if you touch it, you know, but you are it. And so that ability to just understand that like, we are being steered by sacred land, right? Into this place where we will, we are creating, like we are creating earth as we live here. Okay, so this is one of the, the big deals here is that Leo Venus goes under the beams according to the ancient criterium on Friday, August 26th. Now this is when a planet pulls within 15 degrees of the sun. Or for the planets that are slower than the sun, as most of them all, when the sun pulls within 15 degrees of that planet. You watch the sunset, beautiful thing, and then you will still see its light. And eventually, keep watching, you will see the beams of the sunset, and then it's dark. And in that place, it's very difficult to see planets because they're just blinded by the light. Venus disappears for 60 to 100 days every 19 months. Um, so it's really really, I, I, I would say important, I don't know, I strongly encourage you, invite you at this time to wake up before the sun, see Venus, receive her light, receive her guidance, like give her your art, dance for Venus in the morning right now, because you won't be able to soon. Soon she will disappear as she literally astronomically goes behind the sun from Earth's point of view, which means we have no view. She goes to be reborn. Like, it's a very powerful thing. I mean, I see, you know, I, I'll give you a great example. I'm pouring tea some years ago at an ecstatic dance, dream dance, actually, in, in Seattle, which is an amazing thing. And I'm, like, scared to dance sometimes, all right? So I'm, like, at the tea table pouring tea, which is a wonderful place to be because you're just seeing everybody there. And Venus can join the sun that day, and I'm like, ooh, like there's going to be a death and rebirth of love. And I wrote something about that. And then I wrote what some of my peers said. And it's like, Venus can join the sun. Um, it's the best. It's your light and your love. And everyone's falling in love. So I'm here at the tea table and like witnessed four significant breakups of like long lasting relationships, right? This is a place where Venus, which means something different for each of us, but in the sense of like love, like the time when she goes into the underworld to like die and be reborn. And that reborn part is very important, but that happens on the other side, like as she's coming back out from under the beams of the sun. On October 23rd, which is the Venus sun exterior conjunction, it is the first time in our lives that it will happen in Libra. And so that's the huge shift that I spoke about before. Like there are very significant, very powerful, like world reaching 
Venusian changes happening at this time. And this is one of the beginnings of that. Now it's also a Capricorn cycle that's Venus in. Venus is in. So she's disappearing in Leo or maybe Virgo. There's something about like literally, as we were saying before, building new foundations for living love in your life. And that's going to speak to each of us very differently, you know, personally, collectively, whatever. Okay. Okay. And then on Sunday, and as Venus, according to the Hellenistic criterion, is going under the beams of the sun, like getting too close to the light for us to see Venus. I love that always, right? It's like, and I always am reminded to remember that we have some of our greatest visions with our eyes closed, mm. right? So as Venus is taking this journey, like in a way that we're not allowed to see, I think, again, we're kind of reminded of where the art is coming from. So Venus shortly after this squares Uranus, right? So this is this really strong square, Leo Venus square, Uranus. 9.33 p.m. And she will oppose Saturn on Sunday, August 28th. So that's that T-square, like the moon activated before, and now it's Venus. Venus square, Taurus, Uranus on Friday. It'll be Saturday for some of you. Um, Venus opposite Aquarius, Saturn on Sunday, which is at 11.30-ish a.m. Pacific time. And we're kind of really in the crux of the thing at that time. Now, in between, as we skip today, right, is Saturday, August 27th. That is the new moon. It would be Friday in Hawaii, actually, because it's 1 a.m. on Saturday, August 27th. The new moon at four degrees and three minutes Virgo, squaring Gemini Mars. And Gemini Mars, we didn't speak about. I'm sure he came in last week as Gemini Mars, right? Mars tends to spend two months in a sign because Mars will retrograde in Gemini and go direct in Gemini eight months. And this, so that's, it's a big deal when Mars goes in there. It'll be a big deal when like Libra Mercury trines Mars or gets close. But this is a huge energy behind this Virgo new moon. It's square with Mars in this context of Leo, Venus, square, Taurus, Uranus, square, Aquarius, Saturn, right? And I mean, the message is the same that I found before. There's something rather than just in polishing stone, the stone, romancing the stone. Yeah. And I think in this square of the new moon and Mars and Gemini, it just reminds me of the Gemini design, which has Virgo on the fourth. Like there's something in Gemini which is very social, right? And kind of making these connections. Well, look at the third of Gemini is Leo, right? So one of the tools, which is a third house theme of Gemini is to have that kind of artistic, playful, like social, fiery thing, right? But where it needs to be rooted when it does it right, and that's Virgo on the fourth, is in understanding like the particulars and having manners, right? And being rooted in like, what is the right way to approach this person? That requires this um, discernment of like using our senses, right? So there's something in this strong square, again, that says like, create for creation's sake. I think share it with the world, which is going to require a little courage. Um, and it will maybe require you also to pay a little bit more attention to the details. But sharing it with the world actually which world do you want to share it with? And it will remind us of the most important thing that's happening right now, as far as I can see and what I like hear and feel in the planet play is 
who's your crew? Who's your tribe? So after all that, <laughs> I leave with saying what an honor it is to be here with you once again. Amanda, um, the Astrology Hub Ohana is such an amazing place, and I love so much the, um, you know, collective intention or community intention of coming together and aligning our own intentions and sacred practices to the dance of the heavens and as above, so below. Oof. Me too, Brett. It is, it is such an amazing thing to do. And it's amazing to be here with all of you and get to do it together. This is where I normally do a summary of everything that was shared, which is um, I'm going to attempt to do this in the most discerning, edited Virgo way, which is, is quite a task. Uh, but essentially, the theme this week is Romancing the Stone. We have a 6 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. If you're a fixed sign, it's an eight out of 10. This is uh, energy inviting us to get good at what we want to do, devote ourselves to what feels fun. So thinking about what feels fun for you and devoting yourself to that. Follow the path of excitement, joy, and bliss. Uh, so on Monday, so much is happening. Just keeping in mind that it's okay to discriminate, meaning make very conscious choices about who you are aligning yourself with and who you are surrounding yourself with in an effort to find community that will enable you to express and have fun. So it's okay to do that, um, that you are right now setting the foundations for new culture. You are choosing your family in this moment. This is also when the sun is conjunct Regulus. So what is it to have a Virgo themed lion's heart. Think about that a little bit. On Tuesday, we have um, this mystic re rectangle, this opportunity to keep your dream alive and crossing the visible and the invisible. And also a reminder to keep the faith for your dream. Like keep, keep it alive. On Wednesday, we have a lot happening. I mean, we have a lot happening all week, um, but there's a, there's a big invitation to ask these questions. Who am I? Who and where and what is my home? What's my work in the world? Uh, this could be, <laughs> I love this question. How could this be more fun? You know, and, and how can I have more fun doing it? And put on your calendar time to play. I also love that there's this energy of trying to resolve a square or a tension but maybe the resolution is that there is no resolution. I know that can bring so much peace to be like, okay, well, then maybe just we'll always kind of feel uncomfortable. Like that's okay. But uh, also remember that you're here to create and selfness is a spiritual act. I love this. Selfness is a spiritual act. Um, let's see on Thursday, we have this question, did you do your Leo Venus or did you skip it? Why do you do what you do? So being really clear on why you're actually doing what you do, why you came to earth, uh, you're meant to be unique. There is a seriously magical moment on Thursday to make art, make love, make life. You are your art and make show. I love that make show thing. That's so fun. And I love that, that you reminded us that even if we're not making show for an audience, the way you typically think of it, we're already making, we're always making show for spirit. So no matter what you are making show with your life. I just, I love these reminders. Okay. Uh, we have Friday shift in Venusian energies. 
building new foundations for living love. So building new foundations for living love. We have this, again, reminder of romancing the stone and this question around what is the right way to approach the different things that you're working with. I didn't take a ton of notes for the weekend, but I think that that's enough to work with. I mean, I think we have a lot of like very tangible takeaways, this reminder to play to, for, to get good at what we're doing so that we can share it even more and have that like Libra audience kind of thing that you talked about, the, the Leo Virgo Libra. Um, so, so much amazing energy to explore and work with. And I'm so grateful, Brett, that I get to actually be with you on some of these magical days in Colorado at ESAR, which is an astrology conference that we're going to. If any of you are going to be there, please come up and say hi and introduce yourself. I will be so excited to meet you in person. And Brett, I always love the opportunity to hang out with you. Hopefully we'll be doing some stargazing or something fun, which I'm sure you'll be doing it. It'll be whether or not I want to wake up in the middle of the night to do it with you. Or the morning so we can say goodbye to Venus. There you go. Yeah, yeah that moon-Venus conjunction is so beautiful to see. That was such a wonderful synopsis, Amanda. And I really love the um, request to kind of name the week or find a theme. You know, when I do this and there's all these little parts, it's like, oh, they do come together to tell this story. And then that story also drives my listening to the parts. And there's something that you said that I think is so important as well, which is um, the, the devotion. Like there's a really significant difference between devotion and discipline. And sometimes the discipline's necessary for us to have space for yeah. our devotion, mm-hmm. right? But devotion is a thing that's done like not out of need or some requirement. Like you don't have to write it on your calendar. Like it just happens because it's, it's how you live your life. Yes, I love the word devotion too. Yeah. So if you love Brett and his teaching, if you want to learn more about Venus going under the beams and the the uh, motion of the out of bound moons and what he meant by all those different alignments and how he's actually reading the stars with astronomy, with that deep knowledge of astronomy as part of it, I highly encourage you to check out Brett's course that he did, Sacred Astronomy for Astrologers. That's at astrologyhub.com slash astronomy. It will inform your astrology in such a deep way. Like it's a, it's, a, it's a relationship with the actual sky and the movement of the planets that is just amazing. And it's, it's like pure poetry. As you know, as you experience just listening to Brett this time, you know what I'm talking about. So it's astrologyhub.com slash astronomy. We also have three other amazing classes with Brett. One on perfections that you can check out at astrologyhub.com slash perfections. One on astrolocality, which is like finding your power spots on the planet and how to actually do that. That's astrologyhub.com slash locality. And one on phases, but I can't remember which phases they are. Phases for all the planets. That was, that was the first thing I ever did with astrology when I led the inner circle in 2017, I think. Wow. Okay, so astrologyhub.com slash phases. And um, otherwise, I can't wait to see any of you in Colorado. Brett, I'm super excited to see you. And thank you so much for being here for the weather this week. It was such a joy as always. Thanks all of you for tuning in. And as always, for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and 
help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.